Welcome to Avatar with Academics. My name is Sam Mulberry, and I've never watched Avatar The Last Airbender. And I'm Annie Berglund, and I have watched it before. Annie, we have made it to Book to Earth, Chapter 14, City of Walls and Secrets. Even more exciting. We've made it to Ba Sing Se. Yeah, we're going to actually get a tour of Ba Sing Se in this episode. And it is so cool. It is. I it's- mean... There's layers. Yeah, yeah, but but it's I had the excitement I have when I travel to a new city or travel to a city that I seldom go to. And mm. it, they captured that feeling of being in a new place really, really well. Yeah, it reminded me of when they come to the Northern Water Tribe too, where it's mm-hmm. just like vast and intricate, and you in this world you don't see like such a populous area. Right. Right, yeah. This is it's it's like a totally new landscape yeah. uh, because of that. Um, I will also say this whole episode strikes me as like a uh, playing off of an episode of like Twilight Zone or Black yeah. Mirror, where it's like things appear one way, but then you start to realize there's not. There's a lot of paranoia in this episode, right? Like dystopian almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they even use the word utopia, which whenever somebody calls something a utopia, you know, okay, there's a there's a dark side to this. It makes you feel uncomfortable. The whole episode is, it's mm-hmm. like, it's, yeah, you realize there's a lot going on that we, even by the end of this episode, don't understand. Exactly. So let's jump right into it, shall we? Yeah. All right. So the, uh, the episode opens on some antelope, I think, uh, yeah. eating in a field. It looks like an antelope fox. Or like a gazelle fox. Do you see oh, its sure. foxtail? I didn't notice the foxtail. Uh, it's always going to be a hybrid, right? That's true. Usually. That's true. Although this episode may call <laughs> that into question. Uh, which just made me think of like literally the American frontier, you know, where the mm. deer and the antelope play. And it's like, <laughs> so So we get this. And then in the background, we see this elevated train pass by. So it's like idyllic pastoral. And then cutting across it is this piece of tech of human technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see that the train is being moved by earthbenders who are kicking it kind of like a skateboard from behind. Yeah, it reminds me of the way we see things move um, in Omashu, too. Mm-hmm. That 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 was like the first time we saw that, right? Like yeah, yeah. Earthbenders moving something on a large scale, but for like a, a purpose. Yeah, and it's and it's it's again using the bending for kind of civic w- works, mm-hmm. you know, civil work stuff. So that's kind of interesting. Um, inside the train, we see the Ang gang and they're riding, and it's it's set up like a the seats are like a subway car where you're kind of facing each other, you know, um, on either side of the train. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like a like a passenger train. It feels much more like a like a subway or the London underground, yep, underground or something yeah. like that. Uh, and they look really tired. They all look worn out. I mean, if you think about kind of where all that they've been through to get here. And, and it had partially because of the way the train looks, it had the feeling of when you are flying to like London and you land in Heathrow and then you get on a train and it's at first you're like out in the middle of nowhere. And then you, the train kind of goes into the city and, 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 and because if you're landing in Heathrow, you probably are coming from somewhere far away. Yeah. You have this sort of tired exhaustion, but also excitement about when does this landscape become the city? Yeah, exactly. It's It felt like, the yes, the exhaustion after, oh, well, I went on this long plane, but that was just one leg of the trip. And right. still a whole other And it's one. a long leg. And, 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 and I will say it, it seems to take them a while to get from mm-hmm. the outer wall to the, the inner wall of the city. Uh, so Katara draws everyone's attention um, to the fact that they're approaching the inner walls of the city. And she says, she declaratively says, I can't believe we finally made it to Ba Sing Se in one piece. And Sokka 
Uh, th- this I will say this episode has some meta jokes to it, right? <laughs> Sokka says, hey, don't you jinx us. We could still be attacked by some giant exploding Fire Nation spoon or find the city's been submerged in an ocean full of killer shrimp. Because if you pay attention to the last couple episodes, Sokka keeps announcing, we've made it, and then something else <laughs> happens. So now it's Katara saying it, and Sokka's like, don't. Don't. Because every time we say that, something bad happens. Yes, kind of the whole season two, like when they went to Omashu and he was like, it was a long and annoying trip, but here we are. And it was under Fire Nation control. Right. I do love the idea of a giant exploding spoon. (laughs) It's like, it's just like, like word soup he's, he's pulling things out of. Yes. And so Toph's like, have you been been hitting the cactus juice again? Like it's, you know, the, the kind of trippy Sokka we're getting there. Uh, and he just says, you know, weird stuff happens to us. And just as he says this, this huge kind of obese guy with like a corn cob in his mouth. It's a full corn cob sticking out of his mouth. Yeah. Like he's like he's like it's a pacifier. But yes. It's a corn cob. <laughs> and he <laughs> just like sits between them. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. It yes. was unexpected like a Fire Nation spoon would be. Exactly. So, yeah, the spoon didn't seem so far away at that <laughs> point. Um, and then we look <clears throat> look out the window and we see that. Uh, Katara is looking hopeful. Aang is looking depressed. Katara says, don't worry, we'll find Appa. And Aang says, it's such a big city. And Sokka's like, it's a giant bison. Where could he possibly hide? Where could someone possibly hide him? And then they roll through the, the inner wall. And we see suddenly the biggest city we've ever seen in the Avatar world. Yes. I mean, the only thing I can compare it to, I don't know if you've ever, in Paris, have you ever been to the... Like Sacre Coeur, the church that's way high up on the hill. No, I, we didn't go up there. No. So when you go there, you get to see how big Paris really is. Because I mean, it's you because it's out of like the touristy part of Paris. Yeah. And you just see it is just buildings and people as far as you could possibly see, mm-hmm. and that's what this looks like. Like we thought that something like Amashu was big. It's like Amashu is tiny compared to Basing Se. It remind it honestly reminds me of. Of flying into, or, or I guess taking the train from Incheon to Seoul, and you you're on the outer reaches of the city, and then you realize like, oh, th- we're still in. This is the same city, and you just keep going. And even aesthetically, like the rooftop buildings have that like kind of East Asian mm-hmm. um, architecture to them, and they're they're just like side by side next to each. Other. It's so dense. Yeah. But then we'll see like that that there's divisions within the city that are super interesting. Yeah. And I will say, uh, as Midwesterners, we're not used to <laughs> expansive cities necessarily. No, we're used to expansive fields. Or That's whatever. right. That's right. Um, so they finally arrive in the station, uh, in the center of the city and Toph walks out and kind of pronounces, we're back in the city. Great. Like she's not excited about this. And Saka wants to know what the problem is. Cause he thinks the city's amazing. And Toph says, it's just a bunch of walls and rules. You wait, you'll get sick of it in a couple days. Um, Which is interesting because this is a, she's sort of laying out what's going to be a theme in this episode. Mm. Walls and rules are going to, are going to sort of mark this city. And if you think about it, like that is, that's a way to think about civilization right Mm. is you know even in the Lockean sense of of you know entering leaving the state of nature and entering into a commonwealth you're constructing walls and rules to live by Mm -hmm. so we can see that it made me wonder you know has has Toph been to Bossing Se before right we don't we from what we know of her she she didn't get out much because Mm -hmm. her parents were very controlling and protective but yeah I wonder if they made a trip at some point or maybe just through 
hearsay. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, had, she's been to other cities because she's from a city. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so we see Aang kind of staring off at the city. Again, character staring <laughs> off into the distance. And he blows on the bison whistle. Um, and he says, he's here. I can feel it. And what's in, I love that the bison whistle keeps coming back. And like, it hadn't occurred to me that that's a great tool for searching for Appa, mm-hmm. you know, to keep, to keep using that. Like maybe he'll roar or something. Right. Right. <laughs> right. We see the train uh, passes behind them and there's an overly smiley woman approaches them uh, and introduces herself as, uh, as Judy. And when we say overly smiley, it's like unnatural. Yeah. It's like a forced smile. Yes. yes. The size of her face. And it's like, why are you, you're standing. Yeah. Yes. It's uncomfortable. Yes. Uh, and she says, I've been given the great honor of showing the avatar around Ba Sing Se. You must be Sokka, Katara, and Toph. Welcome to our wonderful city. Shall we get started? So it's interesting that she's there for the avatar, but she's also aware of um, Toph and Katara and Sokka. Mm. It's like they have a, a dossier on these folks. It's like, hey, these e- people are coming. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Well, I guess they have like the... <sighs> Do they, they have their train tickets or they have, like, they have some sure. kind of sure. trail, but sure. yeah, beyond that. I presume they have intel on these folks as right. well, um, because she seems ready and they actually, we're, we're going to find out they have prepared stuff for Aang and, and, mm. uh, and, and his friends. Um, so Sokka's proclaims to her that, uh, they have information about the Fire Nation army and they need to talk to the Earth King immediately. And Judy says, great, let's begin our tour. It's like she's ignoring Sokka as he as he talks about this. She says, then I'll show you to your new home here. So they've prepared even a home for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you'll like it. And Sokka's just flabbergasted by this. And again, he tells Judy that that they need to talk to the king about the war. And she says, you're in Ba Sing Se now. Everyone is safe here. And the gang just sort of looks at her agape. Mm-hmm. Um, with her, I sort of... She has like a very Stepford Wives quality to mm-hmm. her. It's like the smile, very positive, but also like it's like talking to a robot and like she just doesn't hear certain things. Yes. Yeah. She is the most um, y- um, like dystopian, I guess, of any of the characters we meet. Don't you think? Or the most. Uh, in, in, in certain ways, yes. Robotic. That's for sure. for sure. I mean, I honestly had the thought of. Oh, do they have robots in Bossing? Because it's like something's not, something's deeply not right about her. Mm. So then we cut to a crane shot of the city. So we're kind of up high, and we see Judy and the gang are in a cart being pulled by uh, through different parts of the city. So we start in what looks like a pretty poor neighborhood. Uh, Judy refers to this as the lower ring of the city, mm. uh, and Katara asks what the walls are for, uh, and Judy says. Oh, and Ba Sing Se has many walls. There are the ones outside protecting us and the one inside maintaining order. Uh, this is where new arrivals live, as well as craftsmen, artisan, and people who work with their hands. It's so quaint and lively. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how she's with a group of new arrivals, but because of their status, exactly. they can bypass that. <clears throat> they don't have to live in the outer the, the lower ring. I exactly, guess. right. And, and 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 here she's laying out this idea of, you know, how do we maintain order? We heard this even uh, a few episodes back with the the women who were, you know, stamping stamping passports and distributing tickets, right? Talking mm. about, you know, how do you maintain 
order and civilization, right? And uh Se seems obsessed with social order, with mm-hmm. political order, with things like that, cultural order. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as we look around, uh, she puts on an even bigger fake smile when she says that. Uh, and then we see some people talking in an alleyway, and one guy has this huge sword, and he kind of looks at them with some menace. menace. Uh, and Judy says, you do want to watch your step, though. And Katara says, why they have all these poor people blocked off in one part of the city? And Aang says, and this is interesting because he doesn't say anything more about this and it kind of just, we just keep going. But Mm -hmm. he says, this is why I never came here before. I always heard it was so different from the way the monks taught us to live. Yeah. And so I guess, I mean, I, so... It's more egalitarian in the air nomad society, I guess. More equal. But same with Katara, because Katara notices the segregation too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I mean, the other thing we know about the air, mads is they're, air nomads is they're not materialistic. Right. You know, um, uh, I just, I think this is like such a strict, a strict order. Mm. Um, because that's what they're noticing right away as well. Uh, and and I think, um, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think it, it points to the the fact that, like Aang says, this is so different from, from what he went to. What I wonder is, does Ba Sing say, is this the most representative Earth Kingdom city? Mm. You know, like, like, like does this, is, is this, or is this the anomaly is the right. thing I don't know, right? Because Amashu seemed orderly with their mail system and that kind of stuff but like does amashu aspire to be bossing say is bossing say something wholly different right or is it the model for other yeah or i also wonder if omashu's population is a lot less right mm-hmm. and so i also wonder if the walls that they built were in response to refugees going there mm-hmm. you know rather than that's the way the city was already established but then when they have an influx of refugees come in they say oh you are other like you're on the outside oh interesting maybe that could be yeah and yeah it's also super interesting ang's comment too because when i when i looked at air nomad culture and lifestyle it seems very ordered mm-hmm. don't you think but i think it's more like strict internal like a monk right like yeah. it's like, like religious discipline order. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. versus order that's put on another person yeah if that makes sense well and and, and, and this is such a physical order yeah. rather than a spiritual order mm-hmm. um but it'll be interesting because maybe they're not all that different i mean what this what this this all remains to be seen right but it definitely points to what we're already noticing is that there is something dark around bossing say mm-hmm. um, which i didn't necessarily expect right you know, i know on our it's, way here it's great uh, so from here we cut to uh, zuko who's walking through a street market and Ira walks up behind him with a tall vase full of orange flowers. And he says, I want our new place to look nice in case someone brings a lovely lady friend. <laughs> uh, and Zuko, he kind of nudges Zuko. And Zuko says, this city's a prison. I don't want to make life here. Uh, and Iroh says, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not. Now, come on. I found us some new jobs. And we start this afternoon. Just throwing out wisdom like yeah. that. And then carrying on to the next sentence. Yes, yeah, but it, 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 I mean, it, it points to the fact that we know that they went here because this is a place that they think is going to be safe. Mm-hmm. But they have very different ideas about what they're going to do here. Yeah. Zuko doesn't want to be here. This is temporary. And Iroh seems to be thinking, 
I could be here for the long run. Right. Haul. Let's put down some roots, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And it's also, yeah, I mean, we see a parallel again of two groups of people we've been following. Both groups are technically like refugees, right? Mm-hmm. Of the war, of the Fire Nation, whatever. One is given access to the inner circle. The other one, they don't have, like, they're hiding their identity, right? So they're, like, living in that lower mm-hmm. rung of society. And think of how different this is than season one where Zuko was, still had his, you know, sort of, to a degree, his status and and power yeah. with the Fire Nation. And Aang and Katara and Sokka were people on the, the outside and on the margins when they would enter into cities. Mm-hmm. And now it's sort of flipped, you know, they're getting the the lavish welcome and Zuko and Iroh are scraping by looking for work. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we, as they walk down the street, we see that Jet has been following them this whole time. And he says, look at them firebenders living right under our nose. Smellerbeat says, Jet, you saw a man with a hot cup of tea. It doesn't prove he's a firebender. And what if he is, are we supposed to attack them? I thought we were starting over here, changing our ways. Um, which I, I thought Smellerby's actually pretty progressive here because he, Smellerby moves from mm. you don't know that this person's a firebender to even if they are like so what yeah which is kind of interesting because Smellerby's more open to I think the fluidity of people's identities yeah. in that way you know where where Jet is still pretty strict they're a firebender they're they're the problem yeah. So then Jet says, uh, we are. We are changing our ways. Uh, when we get the evidence I need, I'll report them to the police and let them handle it, okay? And Longshot sort of gives Smellerby a look like he's unsure. It's, it's the most that I think feel like Longshot actually expresses something. His face moved slightly. That's right. Um, so then we cut to a cleaner part of the town with a river running through it. Um, and we see Judy is continuing her tour. Mm. She says, this is the middle ring of bossing, say, home to the financial district, district, shops and restaurants and the university. Uh, and she just sounds like a tour guide recording at this point. Yes. Like, I wonder if any high status individual gets the same exact tour. You can't diverge from the tour. It sure seems like that, right? Because like, yeah, we met a professor from Ba Sing Se University. He took us to an ancient underground library where we discovered information about the war that is absolutely crucial for the king to hear. And Judy says, isn't history fascinating? <laughs> Again, this is, it's like talking to a computer. Uh, and she says, look, here's one of the oldest buildings in the middle ring, Town Hall. And she walks away. Uh, and Sokka's like, I, I don't know what's going on. Is this woman deaf? She only seems to hear every other word I say. And Toph says, it's called being handled. Get used to it. Which I feel like when when Toph says this, there's a lot of pain in there. Yeah. Um, she strikes me as somebody who has been handled most of her life. Yeah. And what's interesting is I feel like this episode is really teaching, you know, kids about class. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, it, that you're seeing this, like, real strict class division, uh, you know, in, in terms of that. I will say I also, I know that, that we've already heard of Boston State University, but, like, when I... When she pointed it out as a thing that existed, I definitely went online and looked for Bossing State University t-shirts. <laughs> but then I thought, I don't know where this story's going. Maybe that's like not something you'd want to wear. I don't know enough oh. about Bossing State University to be like, yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait on that. Yes. To I see don't... if it's like, if it turns out to be evil, I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> how the rest of Bossing State pans out really. Yeah, so I, I was don't know excited either. about Bossing State and I'm already like, I don't know. <laughs> um, 
So we see Jet, and he's in the uh, the outer ring, and he's loitering outside of some shop. Um, and he peeks inside the windows to see Iroh and Zuko talking with the shop owner. And the shop owner is preparing them to work as tea servers. So we learn this is a tea shop. Uh, Zuko feels ridiculous, and Iroh is struggling to put his apron on to get it to fit around his stomach. Um, and the owner gives them some tea, and he goes back to find a new apron or some string for Iroh. Um, and Iroh tastes the tea and is horrified. He says, this tea is nothing but hot leaf juice. And Zuko says, Uncle, that's what all tea is. <laughs> and I, I love that Iroh, the thing that offends him is if you speak poorly of tea. He says, how could a member of my own family say something so horrible? We have to make some major changes around here. Um, and he dumps the tea out and like almost hits Jet. He like throws it out the window. Mm-hmm. But I love this as a potential. We talk about Iroh spinoffs. Yes. A workplace comedy where he's just working in a tea shop with Zuko. I would I would watch uh, 12 episodes there of that. Endless opportunities with what you can do with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it kind of writes itself. I would love it. Yes. It so would be much. like Cheers, but with Iroh. Yes. And tea. Yeah. Oh. Don't you think like he sits wow. there and listens to the people, gives some advice here and there. That's your elevator pitch right there. I think oh. we just need to write to Netflix and say, it's cheers, but in bossing, say, with Iroh and Zuko. Can we get John O'Brien to do this? Uh, I'm going to effort that. Because <laughs> he's, be so he's who I would want to write it. Cause, yeah. Because I want the lighter touch. I want the, I want more com. I want it to be a comedy. <laughs> Honestly, that that's a really great idea. Um, so we cut away from uh, we cut away from there to uh, kind of a more ritzy part of Bossing Say, uh, where we see kind of palatial homes and parks and even a big lake. And Judy says the upper ring is home to our most important citizens. Your house is not too far from here. So she's kind of trying to butter them up a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Um, so they go by a huge wall uh, with a a top uh, with like. When you look over the top of it, you can just sort of see the the roof of a big palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and Katara says, what's inside that wall? And then we see a group of men in uniforms talking around the gates. And Sokka says, and who are those mean-looking guys in robes? Judice says, inside is the royal palace. And those men are agents of the Dai Li, the cultural authority of Ba Sing Se. Um, and and just pay attention to how often mm. in this episode they talk about culture, and, yeah. and 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 definitely it should always just be put in quotes because it's definitely code for something. I'm not even entirely sure what culture is code for, but it's definitely code for something. Yeah, it was at this point when I was watching with Mike, and I don't want to like make too much of a connection to it, but it did like the palace itself looks a lot like the Forbidden City in China. Mm-hmm. And some of the talk of, like, cultural authority resonates with some Chinese history of the 20th century, right? Mm. It's super interesting. Like, I want to know what, if anything, is kind of modeled after real-life history that they're putting into this. Sure. Into the story of Bossing Se. Sure. Yeah. No. And 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 yeah. And so so it just seems ominous when she when she mm-hmm. says cultural authority. Um, they are the guardians of all our traditions. And Aang says, "Can we see the king now?" Uh, and Judy says, "Oh no, one doesn't just pop in on the Earth King." And we see Aang kind of looking dejected. Then we see them outside of a beautiful home with a gold and red roof. Uh, and Judy says, "Here we are, your new home." 
And a man walks up to her and hands her a scroll. And she says, good news. Your request for an audience with the Earth King is being processed. It should be put through in about a month, much more quickly than usual. And we just see Sokka looked shocked. And then she's like, six to eight weeks, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we're... The, the, I think Toph's words are really the right one, which is that they're being handled. You can mm-hmm. tell now it's like this is there is no more misunderstanding. This is very intentional what's yes. kind of happening to them, which kind of excited me because this is where you're starting to get that kind of Twilight Zone feel where it's like everything. There's lots of this that seems great and everybody seems happy. But why is that? And, and yeah, right. And yes. And it's almost. Yeah. It's interesting that this comes after the drill episode, too, because the city itself kind of seems like an impenetrable mechanism, too. Oh, and, like, if yeah. you try to push against it, you'll it, the wheels are already turning, right? So, like, Sokka could say anything he wanted, and they will still go through the same script. You will still end up in the same place, and you still won't get to see the king. Oh, right? that's a really great observation. Yeah. No, you're right. It, it, it feels like they're they're wrestling with a mechanism or a machine. You're absolutely right. Um, so then the, we cut to inside the house, and Judy says, isn't this nice? I think you're really going to enjoy it here. And Sokka says, I'd enjoy it more if we weren't staying for so long. Can't we see the king sooner? She says, the Earth King is busy running the finest city in the world, but he will see you as time permits. So then Aang pivots to their other purpose and says, well, if uh, if we're going to be here for a month, we should spend some time looking for Appa. Uh, and Judy says, I'd be happy to escort you. Uh, wherever you'd like to go. And Toph says, we don't need a babysitter. Judy says, oh, I won't get in the way. And to leave you alone would make me a bad host. Now, what's interesting is we're also going to see another part of culture here is we're going to see cultural norms or like hospitality Mm. weaponized multiple times in this episode where somebody's like, oh, it would be improper for me to do this. And it's like, yeah, but because what you're really saying is I'm not going to allow you to do this. So I am going to sort of be, I'm going to be on you. I'm going to be with you, right? Like, Right. Couch you know, it in like tradition and customs, but really there's right. an ulterior motive. Right, right, right. Uh, and that, that, that sort of plays into the sort of the, the Twilight zone element of this as well. Because it's also a culture that tough may understand, but none of the others do. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're not from this culture. So they kind of have to... They're forced at the moment to accept it. I mean, even the fact that Aang says, well, if we're going to be here for a month, like Aang's not pushing back on that. He's mm-hmm. just sort of accepting it in part because it's unfamiliar to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we see an overhead shot of a, a crammed part of the city from the lower ring. Um, and we cut to uh, a bird bath filled with seeds, something that looks like a bird bath. And Momo lands on it and starts eating, but is scared away by an angry bird cat. Yeah, it was like an owl cat. Yeah. <laughs> Did Maybe you, he has some, like, uh, Wan Shi Tong memory of the yeah, owl. <laughs> I don't, did you like this animal? It was, it made me laugh out loud, but it was also kind of terrifying. It was a very scary animal, which uh, this this show does sometimes, but not that often. This was not one that I was enamored with. I was more scared of it. So we see the gang talking to a shopkeeper. And he says, I'm sorry, I haven't heard anything about a flying bison. I didn't even know there were any. And Aang says, if someone wanted to sell a stolen animal without anyone knowing, where would they go? And Sokka's pushing him. I love that it's sort of like good cop, bad cop. Like Aang's just asking the questions and Sokka's going to press on him. He says, where's the black market? Who runs it? Come on, you know. (laughs) And we see the shopkeeper kind of look around. And then he looks at Judy, who shakes her head while smiling even bigger, right? The the smile gets even bigger. Mm -hmm. And we see the shopkeeper start sweating. 
And she's like shaking her head from behind the Aang gang so they can't see her motioning right, to him. Right, She's signaling to him. And it's funny because she's smiling, but it's like the most threatening <laughs> kind of smile. Uh, and he says, well, well, that would be illegal. You have to leave now. Your lemur monkey is harassing my sparrow keats. And we see Momo being attacked by birds as he tries to eat seeds from a different bird bath. <laughs> So it's like, like he just wants to, he, it's like he was happy to help until he got the signal and like almost a switch flipped and mm-hmm. it was like, nope, can't talk. You got to go. This is, we can't do this. Right. You know, so, so it's like their inquiries are getting shut down. In that right. And, and again, like playing on decorum or customs to be like, oh, your, your animal's doing this, like your animal's causing troubles. Right. You need to leave rather than seeing that it's really the other way around. Exactly, exactly. But wanting them to leave. So then we then their next stop is to go to the university. So we see them um, talking to a student. And the student says, I've never seen any sandbenders or nomads around here. You should ask Professor Zay. He teaches the class on desert cultures, which is really interesting. Rip. The, <laughs> well, and yeah, they don't know that he's gone. That yeah. he's, This is, you know, maybe this is like summer. Well, yeah, it would be like the end of term if they're on the same schedule we are. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. This would be... Um, this would be at that point. So yeah, they don't know that he's gone. Um, and Sokka says, right. And which of your professors could we ask about the war with the fire nation? And we see Judy again in the back, shake her head. And he, and the student says, I don't know. I'm not a political science student. I have to, I have to get to class. And he like runs off as quick as he can. He trips and spills all his scrolls. Very like nerd stereotype. <laughs> yeah. When he fell, Mike and I both in unison yelled nerd. <laughs> so uh uh, poor guy that's right so then we get back to the house their their day out uh guided by judy is is has not been fruitful um so she's in the carriage and she's dropping them off and says i'm sorry that we uh that no one has seen your bison Uh, why don't you get some rest someone will be over later with dinner which also points to like you're not allowed to leave Mm -hmm. we're bringing this to you we'll keep checking in yes so she rides off. And as she rides off, they see someone watching them from the house across the street. And they go over to investigate. And the man who was watching them introduces himself. And he sees Aang and says, you're the Avatar. I heard you were in town. I'm Pong. Uh, and Sokka says, so Pong, what's going on with the city? Why is everyone so scared to talk about the war? And upon this, we see Pong start to get a little nervous. He says, war? Scared? What do you mean? Toph says, I can feel you shaking. <laughs> I forget that Toph can sense things, sense other things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pong says, look, I'm just a minor government official. I waited three years to get this house. I don't want to get into trouble. Katara says, get into trouble with who? Pong says, listen, you can't mention the war here. And whatever you do, stay away from the Dai Li. And he shuts the door. That's where I think, okay, cultural authority. They talk about cultural authority. They talk about this inner inner ring of society is the most important citizens. So you're like, oh, most important, like the avatar, like some kind of fame or fortune. But here we have a guy who's a minor government official who made it into the inner circle, probably just from succumbing to the cultural authority Mm -hmm. and like allowing it to strip away any kind of like, man, personal ideas he might have about the city itself. And then he's threatened with with that contradiction perhaps but it's super interesting to be like yeah the outer ring would be refugees they would be new people to the city because they haven't been brainwashed seems like a intense word but i mean judy is kind of brainwashed yes, uh, absolutely no you know and, and there is this sense that that it's interesting because he's aware enough to, to to tell them like okay stay away from these folks but that's all i'm going to say don't mention don't mention the war here 
but there is this sense that that he has climbed to this level and now instead of it being like look what i've achieved it's it's more like oh my gosh now i now i'm here and now i'm almost i'm trapped in something else like yeah like i've made it to my i made it to where i wanted to be and i realize now that i'm prisoned here which mm-hmm. is interesting because well, how does Sokka describe the city he says the city is a prison even for pong who's in the most lavish part of the city the city is kind of a prison yeah that's super interesting so from here we cut to nighttime in the outer ring of the city and we see jet spying on iroh and zuko's apartment this is another sitcom I would watch, like Iro and Zuko, like in their little little bossing say apartment. Yeah, it's close quarters. Yeah, like it seems like they would always be bumping into each other. Right, that's why it would be a great sitcom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we see that uh, Iro is making tea, and he asks Zuko if he would like some, and Zuko's like, "We've been in a tea shop all day. I'm sick of tea." Iro says, "Sick of tea." That's like being sick of breathing. So I just love Iro. Like Iro loves tea so much and just can't accept that uh, that Zuko's just not yes. that into it. Um, so Iro can't find the spark rocks to start the fire for the tea. And here we hear Jet, uh, sort of his his voiceover as he's watching. He's saying, you know, like they're not there because he's taken them. So this is a trap that he has set for Iro. Um, because he wants to catch him firebending. But instead, Iroh goes next door to get the neighbor's spark rocks. So we're starting to see, like, the paranoia in Jet kind of ramp mm. up here. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it interesting that Iroh, even in this setting, I don't know if he's, a like, how much he's just, like, method acting at this point. Where he's like, I need to play an Earth Kingdom person, so I need to really not firebend. Or, right. or, or if... The admonishment from Zuko about the tea in the last episode that he's really like taken that to heart and it's like, I will not fire Ben within these walls. Yeah. Yeah. Or, man, I always think that Iroh is a step ahead of everyone. So I wonder, too, how how much he might know that Jed is watching them as well. Right. Because he, I mean, he is a trained, uh, a trained soldier. So maybe he also knows like, oh, I know what it's like to be surveilled. I've noticed this guy mm-hmm. always seems to be around in the background. Yeah, that, that very well could be. So we cut from here to uh, morning time. We see a bluebird chirping in the tree above uh, the avatar's house. Um, I was waiting for you to tell me what kind of weird crossed <laughs> bird that was, but it just looked like kind of like a blue jay. Yeah, sort of. yeah. I don't know if I, I even clocked it. Well, it is interesting. It has like blue jay coloring, but it doesn't have like the head shape of a blue jay. Huh. So maybe that's why I was actually, I really did think you were maybe going to say, actually, it's a hybrid <laughs> something. No. Something, so. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so Katara steps out. Uh, it's, it's kind of funny. She like steps out onto the front stoop and does this big like welcoming the morning <laughs> yawn with her arms stretched out. And she grabs the newspaper and starts reading, which I also thought was funny because it's sort of, it's the next day, but it's almost like, well, we are now at home in Bossing Say. Right. I go mean, out, get the paper. For all they know, they don't know how long they're going to be there, I guess, right? right? Might as well make it a home. Right. Uh, and then she, she starts reading the paper and she rushes in saying that she knows how they're going to see the Earth King. And Toph says, how are we supposed to do that? One does one doesn't just pop in on the Earth King. She's imitating Judy when <laughs> when she said that. Um, and Katara starts reading from the paper. Uh, she says the king is having a party at the palace tonight for his pet bear. Uh, and Aang says, "You mean platypus bear?" And Katara <laughs> says, "No, it just says bear." And Sokka's like, "Certainly." You mean his pet skunk bear, or Toph says, or his armadillo bear. And Aang says, go for bear. And Katara's like, no, just bear. 
Um, and I love this joke because this this is something uh, Jasmine Griffin had brought up, like that eventually they get a little absurd with the crossovers <laughs> and start to joke about it. And like this is definitely a moment where the show is like self-aware. Yes. It's aware that they have gone down this road with the crossovers that it's like what would be the most wild extravagant thing would be just a non-crossover animal yeah just a bear i love these jokes and there there are more to come of these like self-aware meta jokes so keep that in mind i love it uh top's response to just a bear is wow this place is weird i love the idea of having a birthday party for an animal sam why have I not done that yet? Actually, when I I'm gr- surprised you haven't. When I g- grew up, um, our one of my dad's best friends had a birthday party for his dog Turbo every year. So I'm I I can't believe you you have cats that you uh, are so much a part of your life. Yeah, and you don't celebrate them in that way. Right. I should do a big like get together after covid yeah you can't do it now though because like you just have the one cat in the house and if word gets out that they got a party right that could lead to uh bad blood yeah true 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 so uh (laughs) katara says the palace will be packed we can sneak in with the crowd and toph jumps in and says it won't work no offense but you simple country folk you're simple country folk, but re- a real society crowd would spot you a mile away. You've got no manners. And as she's saying this, she grabs what I think is like a pastry or something and starts eating it while lying down. <laughs> and Katara's <laughs> like, excuse me, I've got no manners. You're not exactly la- Lady Fancy Fingers. Um, and then we hear Toph burp and she says, I learned proper society behavior and chose to leave it. You never learned anything. And frankly, it's a little too late. And at this point, she throws the rest of whatever she's eating on the floor and starts, like, scratching her stomach. And then she picks her nose and flicks it towards Sokka. <laughs> it's it's very funny. Um, although it is, it is uh, you it is mentioned gross. this before, there is a little bit of, like, like middle school boy humor yes. uh, in this. There's actually a grosser thing coming. Um, and uh, Sokka says, yeah, but you learned and you could teach us. Ang says, yeah, I'm mastering every element. How hard can manners be? Which is actually really an interesting comment from Ang. It's like he is doing this thing that only he can do and and, and he's great at it. But mm. then there's this sense of like, but that's not the same as like social graces. Right. Like that's a whole different world. And that seems to be what Toph is kind of saying is like, no matter how great you guys are, like this is a thing that's really complicated. And as she pointed out, there's lots of rules, right? When right. she thinks about walls and rules, mm-hmm. she knows the rules and how to navigate that. And, and like, that. yeah, being born in the Earth Kingdom and its Earth Kingdom customs, she she knows they're going to stand out. So, so uh, upon saying, you know, how hard can this be? Aang grabs a curtain and puts it on like a fancy robe or a fancy cape. And Sokka follows suit, and they kind of play act being these snooty, fancy people, and they keep bowing to each other until they accidentally butt heads and knock each other down. Um, it's almost like a Simpsons joke, <laughs> like like it's it's a particular kind of kind of uh, kind of joke there. Um, and Toph says Katara might be able to pull it off, uh, but you two would be lucky to pass as busboys. And Sokka says, "But I feel so fancy." And then we see something fly and stick onto Sokka's forehead, which I can only assume is Toph flicked another booger at him. Yeah. Is that what that was? I think that was, or I think it was meant to be like the booger that she flicked earlier, but it like comically lands too late. You know, like at the end of the scene. 
It's right? got to be a new one because, like the, the the timing and physics of that don't work out unless there is a booger bender, but- and we don't need to get into that. <laughs> yeah, I apologize that I even said those words. <laughs> That's a terrible image. Oh. <laughs> So anyhow, we see uh, <laughs> later that evening, we see Aang and Sokka are playing what looks like rock, rock, paper, scissors, but like with the elements. So like there's a hand motion for rock and for fire or for earth and for fire. So Aang wins with earth beating fire. I actually would love to know like what is the combinatorics of this game? Yes, me too. Because I don't know why earth would beat fire. Um and because he wins, he gets to flick Sokka in the face. <laughs> so this, they're being very much like boys of their age, which yes. is something we rarely see. Like they've, this is a story of people who've had to grow up, grow up too fast. And this is a moment when they're just kids playing a game where, where the prize for winning is to get to like hit the other person. Yeah. I, I like this episode because both are pairings. We see them like in a pretty natural, mm-hmm. casual setting that we never really see. Right, right. Um, so then, uh, at this point, we see that, uh, Katara and Toph walk in, uh, dressed for the king's party. And Aang comments on how beautiful they look. Um, probably how beautiful Katara looks, mm-hmm. right? Cause he says, you look beautiful. And he, yeah, we don't get like the Aang, like rose colored vision, but it's close to that. You know, we see him blushing as he says this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sokka flicks Aang because uh, he's checking out his sister. Uh, Toph throws up a fan in front of Katara's face and says, don't talk to the commoners, Katara. First rule of society. Which is interesting because, I mean, she means that as both a joke, but I think she really is also saying, like, this is the kind of thing you need to learn. Yep. Is that as much as you don't see these social separations, like, they're there and you need to act accordingly. Right. And Katara's from the Water Tribe and they... Like, community is their big thing, right? So, like, this is so opposite to everything about her. Right. Uh, Katara says, we'll get into the party, and then we'll find a way to get you in the side gate. And then we hear, and they leave, we hear a gong ring, and Momo walks past Aang and Sokka, still wearing, like, a curtain, like a cape, (laughs) like it is, like, royal Momo or something. It reminds me of the old, um, like, Snoopy TV shows, where Snoopy does something really funny, and it's not even the focus of the scene, but then everyone slowly looks, and there's no addressing it. Right, right. right. Doesn't that, isn't that how that feels? That is absolutely right. That's absolutely right. It's so funny. Um, So then from here, we move to an exterior of the tea shop, and Jet is still on his stakeout. Uh, and we see Longshot and Smellerby come up, and um, Smellerby says, we need to talk. Jet says, great, I could use some help with the surveillance. And Smellerby says, we've been talking, meaning Smellerby and Longshot, which means <laughs> Smellerby's been talking. Uh, and we think you're becoming obsessed with this. It's not healthy. We came here to make a fresh start, but you won't let this go, even though there's no real proof. And Jet says, well, maybe if you help me, maybe you've forgotten why we needed to start over. Maybe you've forgotten about how the Fire Nation left us all homeless, how they wiped out all the people we loved. If you don't want to help me get the evidence, I'll get the evidence on my own. And he walks up to the short, uh, to the shop door. Um, so it's interesting because he's pushing them away. And I'm wondering, I mean, remember, there there were other members of this gang. Like, I wonder if he has also pushed other people because he's both charismatic but he also has very strong like convictions and beliefs and i Mm. wonder if his life is a life where he draws people in with his charisma and then pushes them away with his obsessions whether it's destroying the fire nation town or destroying that dam 
you know that that he both drew Katara in and pushed her away with that. Mm-hmm. You know this, and so I wonder about the the members of his uh, band of merry men that are no longer there. Like, yeah, his, like like did they get pushed away in a similar sense? He al- I mean, he always says we and us, but really that means me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I. And yeah. So I think that's becoming clear to Smellerby and yeah. Longshot. So then we cut in uh, to the inside of the shop, and we see that Iro has really improved their product. <laughs> um, he's pouring tea, uh, to, and one of the Earth Kingdom soldiers, who are, who's a customer, comments, this is the best tea in the city. And Iro says, the secret ingredient is love. And we see that the tea shop is packed with customers, which I also love. Um, I This reminded me of um, uh, a kind of low-end... Uh, I have all apologies. Woody Allen movie called Small Time Crooks. I assume oh, we haven't seen this because no. we have seen this. But the premise <laughs> is really funny. It's the there are these these two guys want to tunnel into like uh, into a bank vault to rob the bank. Mm. So 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 they buy the store across the street from they buy the storefront across the street from the bank, and his wife as a front creates like a bakery right. like that makes these cookies so they can go in the basement and slowly dig this tunnel into the bank and while they're trying while these inept guys are trying to like construct this tunnel and rob this bank her cookie shop like becomes super famous and she ends up becoming like a millionaire based off of like the (laughs) actual non-criminal enterprise and it's sort of this funny thing of like iroh is iroh and zuko are there to hide out but they're turning they're turning this into like this really profitable enterprise yeah i love that idea too of like oh what if they just did this Right. This seems like this would be a good idea. Right. Like their main goal is to just hide and be refugees. And yet, of course, Iroh excels. Right. And like puts everything he has into this. Right. And and he doesn't lie when he says the secret ingredient is love. <laughs> it, it really is. Right. Because no one loves tea more than him. Um, so and the owner actually tells Iroh that he's due a raise for what he's doing, which which your boss never tells you that. Right. No. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, and at this point, we see Jet, Jet burst in, and he says, "I'm tired of waiting. These two men are firebenders." And he pulls out his hook swords. I know they're firebenders. I saw the old man heating his tea, and one of the soldiers says, "He works in a tea shop." <laughs> Jet says, "He's a firebender. I'm telling you." So the soldier tells Jet to drop his swords. Uh, Jet says, uh, "You'll have to defend yourself. Then everyone will know. Go ahead. Show them what you can do." And we see Zuko, instead of firebending, he grabs the soldier's dual sword. Soldier happens to have dual swords. <laughs> um, and he says, you want a show? I'll give you a show. And they start having this crazy cool sword fight with lots of, like, acrobatics and stuff. But mm-hmm. no bending. You know, because what Jet doesn't know is, yes, Zuko's a firebender, but he's also, like, the greatest sword. He's also the blue spirit, right? So, right. So he's just using the, the, the blue spirit powers that he has. Uh, we cut away from from that fight to the king's palace, and we see people waiting in line to get in with invitations. Uh, when the guard asks Toph and Katara for their invitation, she flashes the uh, Beifeng document that she used to get the the tickets, mm-hmm. you know, without a passport. Uh, but this time, the guard is not impressed. He says, "No entry without an invitation." So she tries uh, to do some name dropping. She talks about the Pangs and the Yumsoon Hans who are going to be waiting for them inside and how they're going to explain that this guy, you know, didn't let them in. So she's like really doubling down on her kind of status and privilege here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't work, which is really interesting because I think it is interesting. Like she wants to push away from that stuff, 
but it's this kind of thing she also holds on to. So it's interesting to see that not work mm-hmm. and to see that, that, um, Bossing Se is a lot bigger city than where she comes from. Yeah. Clearly. So they walk away and they see a man exit a carriage and start to walk towards the gate. So here we see Katara jump into improviser mode and she approaches him and says, sir, I'm sorry to bother you, but my cousin lost our invitations. And she kind of whispers to him, she's blind. Um, <laughs> do you think you could help us? Our family's inside and I'm sure they're very worried. She's so good at improvising. She is. Yeah. She just gets into the moment uh, and 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 sells it right away. Um, so he gives them a little side glance and then he decides, I'm honored. Please come with me. And Toph and Katara, they shoot faces at the guard as they pass by. <laughs> yeah, like na-na-na-na-boo-boo. Exactly. Uh, so inside we see this huge ballroom filled with people. And a huge long banquet table. And at the head of the table is a full-grown bear wearing, like, Earth Kingdom clothes and eating. I love it so much. Yes. <laughs> it's like at the end of this ornate, beautiful long table. Mm-hmm. Like, you would see, right, like, Knights of the Round Table style. Like, this yeah, is yeah. quality stuff. And it is and it is just, like, a full-on just bear. a wild bear. Not right. even tame. <laughs> right. And he's flanked by two men. Um, so... And and he says, one of them says, he's taking all the good stuff. And the other guy's like, quiet. Don't you know what I had to do to get seats near the bear? <laughs> so, like, they're near the guest of honor, who, again, is just a wild bear. Who's just smacking things out of their hands. And- <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then the bear jumps onto the table and just keeps eating like a bear would. Right. right. I mean, this sort of has, like, like the... Um, also, the kind of feeling of people who are too rich... Oh, you yeah. know, like having this part. I mean, there's there's some like Michael Jackson elements to this of like having a pet monkey. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, maybe. You know, especially when we think about the other parts of the city that we've seen, mm. right? That this is a there there is this great disparity and segregation in this city between the refugees and the established people and the financial district, and then like yeah. like this class of people. You know that there is so much wealth here that. Right. They have this massive party for a wild animal. And even, I mean, for the next episode, uh, we'll even see a disparity with, like, the animals that are used for public education on the outer parts of mm-hmm. the city. And then to have this bear have a full party for it, it seems even the animals. <laughs> right. Right. Are, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, feeling it. So we see Toph and Katara enter the room with their escort, and he introduces himself as Long Fang. A cultural minister to the king. And my ears pricked up at cultural yeah. minister. I thought, okay. You like, yikes. <laughs> yep. Not great. Uh, Katara introduces herself as uh, Huame and Toph as Dung. This is her imp- improvisation. And Toph does not seem happy with no. this uh, this name choice. I love how many people have um, aliases at this point. <laughs> yes. Like there's Lee and I forget. I- what is Iroh's name? Mushi. Mushi. And Dung and Kwame. And it's just, it's, it's great. I really, I really like it. Um, so uh, Long Feng says he wants to meet their families. And Katara says, and he says it would be dishonorable to leave them alone until they find their family. Um, so again, he's using uh, this sort of notion of like honor and propriety to mm-hmm. like say, no, it would, I am going to stick with you. Because clearly he's on to, something here with them right right? so this means they can't get away to sneak in ang and sokka uh sneak them into the party um so we see outside the palace sokka and ang are waiting to be let in 
Sokka says, look, I came up with a backup plan. We dress Momo like a ghost, okay? And he flies by the guards, creating a distraction. Then we blast a hole in the wall. And Aang says, or we could just go in with those guys. And he says, uh, Toph said we might pass as busboys. So he's seeing a bunch of like the busboys and servants and waiters mm-hmm. coming in through a side door. Um, and Sokka says, okay, but remember that Momo ghost plan. I think it's a winner. It's honestly not that different from stuff they've done with Momo before. Right. I kind of hope that at some point in the next season and a half that they use the Momo ghost plan. <laughs> just because like that would be... Uh, that would be just like chef's kiss perfect yes. for, the, for the writers here. So I'm going to be waiting for the Momo ghost plan to come uh, to come into play. So we go back to the tea shop uh, and the fight between Jet and Zuko has now sort of burst out into the street. Uh, Jet says, you must be tired of using those swords. Why don't you go ahead and firebend at me? And Iroh yells out to Jet, please, son, you're confused. You don't know what you're doing. They keep fighting. Jet says, bet you wish he helped you out with a little fire blast right now. We see Zuko pin one of Jet's hook swords to the ground. Uh, You're the one who needs help. And he swings his sword horizontally and Jet just barely manages to kind of limbo backwards to avoid it. Mm. But Zuko slices the piece of the signature like piece of hay that's always in uh, in Jet's mouth. And it's very like. Um, very matrixy shot like the bullet time camera where it, like the yeah. camera kind of moves around and you see it in slow motion as the sword just misses his face and, and slices the um uh slices the the piece of hay and i almost wonder like if that's what zuko was going for because mm. again zuko's so good at this is he like trying to say trying to also be like jet no like you don't know you're yeah. o- you're actually overmatched right now let me show you what i'm capable both, of yeah both zuko and Iroh are trying to give him an out exactly exactly um so uh but jet jumps up and starts addressing the crowd that's now gathered and he says you see that the fire nation is trying to silence me it'll never happen and he jumps back down and kicks at zuko so like again even within this fight you're seeing like the paranoia get higher because he went from these guys are firebenders to the fire nation is trying to silence me yeah like no and the crazy thing is like he's he's the one who's right but even watching this in part because we have this affinity for zuko but especially for iroh it's like he's it he seems like a bad guy when in fact he's actually informing the people who are Mm -hmm. at war with the fire nation that they have firebenders here right that literally the dragon of the west is here right he's telling the truth but i feel conflicted in wanting people to know the truth <laughs> right and, but i want I, them to be I okay think, i think it's interesting to think about this again as a kid show to be like wow this is really showing like what paranoia looks like mm. because you can't prove someone who is truly paranoid you can't prove them wrong <laughs> You know, like, 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 how do they prove they're not firebenders by not firebending? But it's like, but that doesn't prove that they are. It proves that they're fire. So it's like, it's one of those, it's one of those things. I mean, this is, this has some like sort of conspiracy theory sort of feels to it, you know, uh, as well. So like, I actually really, I I think this is a really interesting, uh, like plot line Mm -hmm. um, in this. And the fact that it, they use jet as the vehicle for it. I really like, Um, so then we cut back to the party. And Sokka and Aang are now posing as waiters. Uh, Aang has what I wrote in my notes as a wine jug. And then I realized, like, I don't know why I think it's wine in there. 
Yeah. Because like, you wouldn't have a tea thing like that because it wouldn't stay hot. Right. So I assume it's... I think it's probably wine. Yeah, I would think so. And Sokka has a uh, tray with appetizers. Um, and they're looking for Toph and Katara. Sokka says, just keep an eye out for the Earth King. We see Momo is hidden under Aang's hat, but his tail keeps coming out to bug Sokka. And Aang says, I don't know what he looks like. Sokka says, you know, royal flowing robe, fancy jewelry. And they look around and realize that that seems to describe <laughs> everyone in the room. Like this is, they're at the upper, upper crust of um, Bossing Sei society. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then Toph walks up to them and says, well, I know your, your little footsteps anywhere, Twinkle Toes. Uh, and Katara explains that the guy who escorted them in won't let them out of his sight. Uh, but then they point out, well, where is he? Like, mm-hmm. and that's almost darker that he's not there. It's like, because you get the sense, well, he's clearly watching, but he doesn't need to be right there. Like, I kind of freaked out when, when I think it's Aang asks, well, where is he? And I was like, yeah. oh, right. It's crowded. There's pillars. There's things he could hide behind, or he could have people watching them for exactly. him. And then all of a sudden we see Judy approach them kind of in a panic. And she says, what are you doing here? You have to leave immediately or we'll all be in terrible trouble. And I made note of Wheel. Yeah. That she, she, this is the first time we see her not smile. Yeah. This is her first real show of emotion. Mm-hmm. She seems not like a robot at this point. Um, and, and she seems like the panic is not just about you're supposed to be handled, but uh, you being here puts a lot of people in danger, including uh, including herself. Uh, and Sokka says, not until we see the king. Judy says, you don't understand. You must go. Uh, and she pushes Sokka and Aang to the point where Aang spills the wine from his jug onto a woman at the party. And, you know, in typical Aang fashion, he, without thinking, he tries to fix things by airbending her hair and dress dry. Uh, so we see her hair blown straight up and back and her makeup is all totally messed up. But she's so excited when she realizes that Aang is the Avatar and the Avatar is at the party that she's not upset. And everyone at the party starts looking at Aang and we see Judy's face drop again from its perpetual forced smile when she realizes, oh no, everyone knows that the Avatar is here. Mm-hmm. Um, which means they have their attention and... As we know, they have some questions about some things that you're not supposed to talk about in Ba Sing Se. Um, so Sokka whispers to Aang, keep their attention while I look for the king. So we see Aang start to do all these like water bending tricks. He pulls colored drinks out of glasses and makes a big colorful water ball in the air and the crowd ooze and oz and the bear loves it. <laughs> the bear's like yes, clapping. It's like, Finally, my entertainment is here. So it's his it's his party and he's he's loving it. Uh, we go back to the street outside the tea shop and we see Zuko and Jet continue to fight. Uh, we see two Earth police officers approach and he and, and tell them to drop their weapons. And Jet says, arrest them. They're firebenders. Iroh steps in and says, this poor boy is confused. We're just simple refugees. Even Iroh now is trying to defuse this to maybe get Jet out. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, the shop owner says, this young man wrecked my tea shop and assaulted my employees. And one of the soldiers says, it's true, sir. We saw the whole thing. This crazy kid attacked the finest tea maker in the city. <laughs> and Iroh starts to blush and says, oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> very sweet of you to say that. Um, the police take Jet away. Uh, and Jet says, you don't understand. They're Fire Nation. You have to believe me. 
and he's taken away in the Earth Kingdom version of a paddy wagon. And we see Longshot and Smellerby. They've been in the crowd looking on. And at this point, they walk away. Mm-hmm. Right? So now we see Jet is in custody. And he's he seems like he's ranting, saying crazy things. Even though, again, we know what he's saying is accurate. Right. Um, which, again, is kind of terrifying. This is the kind of stuff that terrifies me. The, like... Stories where it's like this person knows something yeah. and no one will believe them. This is where, again, we get into kind of that Twilight Zone black mirror feel. Right. I was going to say the dystopian part of it where the truth is just not accepted mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. not tolerated. Exactly. I have a feeling we might see more of this. Um, so we go back to the party and we see a shadowy figure carried into the party on a palanquin. Mm. Did you know that was called the palanquin? I did not. <laughs> I had to look that up. Um, but I'm very proud. So that word's going to come up yeah, again. So like he, and he's surrounded by guards. And Sokka recognizes, well, this must be the Earth King. And he tries to get Aang's attention. And Aang is doing waterbending tricks now specifically for the bear. <laughs> um, and he starts to ride towards the king on his air ball. Uh, and then the palanquin is quickly swept away. So Sokka tries to follow, but he's restrained by the guards. He's grabbed by by guards and pulled into another room, as are Toph and Katara and Momo. And we see Long Feng approach Aang. And he says, it's a great pleasure to meet you. I'm Long Feng, Grand Secretariat of Ba Sing Se and head of the Dai Li. So, so before he was a cultural minister and now it's... And now it's revealed yes. who he really is. And they've been warned to, you know, to stay clear of the, the Dai Li. He says, I'd like to talk with you. Your friends will be waiting for us in the library. And it's just, this is just very, like, haunting at this point. Mm-hmm. So then we go into the library, uh, and they're behind closed doors. And we see Aang, Momo, Katara, Toph, Sokka are meeting with Long Fang. And the room is dark. It's lit only by a green fire in the fireplace. Um, I don't know why that specific detail stood Hmm. out to me, but it was very interesting that it was clearly like a glowing green fire. Huh. Um, I didn't notice that. Yeah. And I don't know anything about fire in the Earth Kingdom, like why it would be a green fire. Right. Everything um, in Bossing Say is unnatural. That's, there's, I mean, that's interesting because there, I mean, that could be like a Hunger Gamesy kind of thing Mm. where, yeah, like maybe they do things to, yeah. That's interesting. Um, So Sokka says, why won't you let us talk to the king? We have information that could defeat the Fire Nation. And Long Feng says, The Earth King has no time to get involved with political squabbles and the day-to-day minutiae of military activities. Ang says, This could be the most important thing he's ever heard. Long Feng says, What's most important to His Royal Majesty is maintaining the cultural heritage of Ba Sing Se. So again, it's like culture is this weird code mm. you know what does that mean the cultural heritage of bossing say all his duties relate to issuing decrees on such matters which also sounds very minimal like issuing decrees on culture right is it like today's my bear's birthday party like exactly. is, is that Ex- the extent exactly right he says and then he says it's my job to oversee the rest of the city's resources including the military katara says so the king's just a figurehead Toph says, he's your puppet. Longfang says, oh, no, no, no. His majesty is an icon, a god to his people. He can't sully his hands with the hourly changes of an endless war. Sokka says, but we found out about a solar eclipse that will leave the Fire Nation defenseless. You could lead an invasion. And Longfang says, enough. 
I don't want to hear your ridiculous plan. It is the strict policy of Ba Sing Se that the war not be mentioned within the walls. Constant news of an escalating war will throw the citizens of Ba Sing Se into a state of panic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what's interesting is like, like Long Feng first says, you know, I'm the one who's in charge of the resources, including the military. So when I was first watching this, I thought, well, okay, so then do you want to hear about this? Right. When they try to tell him, he's like, no, not only does the king not want to hear about this, I don't want to hear about this. We don't want to hear about this, this war spoken of because it will disrupt what we are doing here in Ba Sing Se. Yeah. Yes. It made me so confused about what his end game is. Why does, what does he serve? I mean, other than order and discipline maintains his power. Right. And, and it makes me wonder like how protected do they feel in Ba Sing Se that, that, the outside matters just don't apply to them at all, which is interesting because if you go back an episode, right, we just saw a drill almost take out the wall. Like, it's like this war is coming to them. Yes. And it's interesting because we've seen the Fire Nation many times talk about how their biggest target is Ba Sing Se, but the people in Ba Sing Se don't even want to be aware of the fact that the war is going on. Yeah. And they, yes, not even aware of the technological changes outside of their city walls either. Like they are, the only reason that they weren't taken over already was because Aang happened to be there. Exactly. And so it's like, why are they so blinded to everything else? I mean, yeah, it's like the opposite of the library where the library contained all the knowledge in one building. And here you have a city that has so many people in it, but they is willfully ignorant. Yeah. 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 And it makes me think about the outer wall and the inner wall. And mm. it's like the difference between life on the outer wall and life on the inner life inside the inner walls that they even have this buffer they put around that. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I will say the rest of this episode is one scene where they keep cutting back between um, Long Feng in the library and, and Jet. So at this point, and, and, and the dialogue kind of overlaps, right? At this point, we see Jet dragged into a dark room and he's tied down to a chair and he's trying to get their, the people's attention. He says, you have to believe me. They're firebenders. They won't stop until they win the war. And we hear a man speak also kind of robotically say, calm down. You're safe now. And we see a bright lantern moving on a track that shoots a bright light into Jet and our eyes um, mm. as it as it goes through. Um, and then we cut back to the library, and Long Fang continues his the speech he's making. He says, "Our economy would be ruined. Our peaceful way of life, our traditions would disappear." And then back in the room with Jet, the light keeps circling on the track and like periodically flashing into his eyes. And the man says, "There is no war in Ba Sing Se." Jet says, what are you talking about? Where do you think the refugees come from? You can't hide it, right? So it's it's clearly this scene where they're like trying to program um, to program Jet. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, this is this reminded me of uh, like a clockwork orange or something, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like he's forced to be here. There is this light flashing in his eyes and this like hypnotic speaking yeah. and you know this mantra there's no war in Boston. It like earlier I, I said it might be too harsh to use the word brainwashing and then I remembered oh wait no this yeah, happens this is this actually is... they're showing us the how-to of brainwashing right mm-hmm. so we go back to the library and Long Feng says in silencing talk of conflict 
Ba Sing Se remains a peaceful, orderly utopia, the last one on Earth. And whenever you call something a utopia, that's a sign that it is not that. <laughs> yeah, that's a yikes. Yeah, so then we go back to Jet, and he's now gagged, and the bright light keeps streaking past his eyes, and the man keeps talking hypnotically. Uh, there, There is no war within the walls. Here we are safe. Here we are free, right? This is feeling like George Orwelly too. Mm. It's like, um, it's so interesting because I've wanted to get to Bossing Say for so long, and now that we're there, it's like, whoa, this is <laughs> yikes. Um, so then we we go back to the library, and, and Katara says, uh, "You can't keep the truth from all these people. They have to know." Ang says, "I'll tell them." I'll make sure everyone knows. Like, he's playing kind of the Avatar card now. It's like, I'm, in essence, like, I outrank anyone because I am mm-hmm. the singular Avatar, right? Uh, and Long Fang says, until, until now, you've been treated as our honored guest. But from now on, you will be watched every moment by Dai Li agents. If you mention the war to anyone, you will be expelled from the city. And then, he says, I understand you've been looking for your bison. It would be quite a shame if you were not able to complete your quest. So he is, seems to be indicating, uh, we know where Appa is. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, maybe even when that when that huge animal was brought to Bossing, say, we knew what it was right away. Mm-hmm. And we thought, we now have leverage. Yep. You know, so like that's... Uh, and to do that to Aang is, that's pretty heavy uh, yeah. to lay on Aang. So he says, uh, now Judy, would you, uh, we'll show you home. And she walks in and she says, come with me, please. And Katara says, what happened to Judy? And now it cuts to her face and we see that it's a different woman. Um, and she says, I'm Judy. I will be your host as long as you're in our wonderful city. Right. And this circles back to this idea that we talked about how she seemed robotic and all of these things. And it's like she was programmed and this woman is programmed. um, And, you know, it makes me go back to that sort of human moment where we saw Judy in a panic. And now I'm like deeply concerned for her. Like, Like what what happened to her? I mean, they obviously put themselves at risk, but did they actually um, potentially uh damage or hurt or injure her in some way Mm -hmm. you know or the their neighbor that they talk to Mm -hmm. i also wonder about him is he okay yeah yeah i mean that that that's the that's the overall feeling so like so that is that's the close of the episode right Mm -hmm. when we see this the new judy talking to them um thoughts observations (sighs) we've seen a lot of dark and sad things throughout the whole series this is by far the eeriest yeah, yeah. Last three minutes here is so scary. I love this because this is the kind of like like this. I feel like is the show moving to another level where the, where we had been we had thought we were in a world where the Fire Nation is this evil empire. Yeah, and everybody else. It's about it's about how do we align everybody else properly to fight that. But now we've just seen the dark side of the side that we thought were the were our allies, and it's like now I. I don't know. Yeah. this Yeah. And I think a theme throughout this whole show is that the writers aren't going to just fall into good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Like there's always nuance that they sit in. And uh, I love dystopian 
books and movies and TV shows too. So it's really fun to be in that and to be like, oh, now we get to see reflected in this dystopia what is like actually good and what society should actually exist upon. And it's interesting because like, I wonder how long has Ba Sing Se been like this? Yeah, me too. Like, is this a result of... Uh, I mean, when Iroh was attacking, I mean, that was like a decade ago or maybe less. Like, was Bossing Say like this then? Yeah. Was this a result of almost falling and now, and, and maybe something happened in the city? So they needed to say, how do we keep order and control? Yeah. Although we have Aang, you know, talking about how a hundred years ago, he felt like there was something wrong with Bossing Say and that's why he never visited. So, like, huh. how long has Bossing Say been like this? Yeah. And maybe it's been like a slow, gradual shift into this utopia, as they call it, over time. But then the the maybe the siege was the last yeah. thing. I don't know. I yeah. want to learn more. Well, and it's so interesting, too. Like, like all of these refugees who clearly are aware of the war, right, are cordoned off away from... Uh, away from the people who are, let's say, the citizens of Ba Sing Se. Right. And is is the idea that they either will stay in their, you know, ghettos or that they will accept and accept a reprogramming of like or accept this new view of the world that there is no war here. Yeah. Yes, because they experienced the war firsthand. And how can you erase that from somebody's experience? I mean, they're trying with Jet. And I think you you try uh, – what's interesting is they try to do it through safety. I mean, if you listen to the words they say to Jet, it's like, you are safe here. Mm. There is no war here. Here we can be free. I mean, that's the, the – here we can be free is the really Orwellian part because they mean the exact opposite of free. <laughs> you're right. You're you controlled. Know? You're handled. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, other things I thought about, like, what exactly is the Dai Li? How mm. powerful is it? How widespread is it? Because now I feel like we have this other dark army that I'm really curious about. Um, is there a king at all? I mean, mm. because it was this shadow figure, like, I wouldn't be surprised if we found out, like, that there actually isn't a king at all. Sure, and, and they just put up these events and, yep. and make it seem like yep. that. And they kind of walk him through and walk him out and oh. keep everybody at a distance. Um, what is the relationship between Ba Sing Se and Amashu? Like... Like, 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 how unified is this Earth Kingdom? If, like, the Earth King is the king in Ba Sing Se, like, how does Boomi relate to that? What does Boomi know of that? Yeah, because I could not see Boomi standing for any of that, any of this stuff in yeah, Ba Sing yeah, Se. Yeah. I, and we, we mentioned this before, but I love this, uh, I think in one of the last episodes, this also touches on this sort of, like, core... It's a core human question, but it's a core question uh, throughout American history, sort of this tension between liberty and order mm. that it's like, well, you, you these two things are sometimes at poles with each other. And to establish order, you need to sacrifice liberty. To have liberty, you need to sacrifice some degree of order. Mm-hmm. And we see that Bossing say at least the power structure in Bossing say is deeply interested in order right. uh, over liberty. Uh, I also, I mean, we see you, this utopia is built on the backs of the poor. Mm -hmm. We see the segregation in the city. We know that Appa, they know about Appa. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Uh, I, I just, I'm just sort of going through my notes here. Yeah. Uh, 
conspiracy and paranoia i feel like those things haven't been part of the show really up to now and i feel like i assume the rest of this season at least is going to be deeply involved in conspiracy and paranoia which is not a turn i thought i saw this show (laughs) taking but it's really interesting stuff i'm really interested in like secret societies and cults and things like this and it's like okay well we got one now the Dai Li sure seems like that and we the white lotus is its own little secret network too absolutely well because even think about the guy across the street pong right Mm -hmm. he sort of seems like somebody who got sucked into the the cult of the Dai Li and now realizes like oh I wish I I wish I could get out but I'm in too deep now a little bit like I don't want to lose what I have yep but they now have power over me. And he he sounds a lot like somebody who's who's been pulled into something like this. Uh, I I kind of wonder like what does the Aang gang do now? Because like what is what's what is there for them in Bossing say? Appa, maybe. Right, <laughs> right. But I mean, but beyond that, it's like yeah, like they still have to. He still needs to learn to firebend. Right. He still needs to take on the Fire Lord and. Can they do it without the armies of Bossing, say? Right. And Aang, like, they're in a city that is, at, at the topmost part, brainwashing its citizens. And then on the outer ring is refugees that just got there. And I could see Aang wanting to stick around to help the refugees. Don't you think? Yeah. Like, he would take that on as his role as Avatar to do that. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just... Right. I don't know. Right. I mean, he's, uh, attached to that, another question I wrote is... Is anyone really fighting the war? Because uh-huh. we actually haven't really seen a lot. I mean, we've seen. Uh, uh, I don't remember. Um, I don't remember the name of the general. The very beginning in the Avatar State episode, like they seem like oh, that sure. was an outpost of people who were fighting the war or yep. preparing to fight the war or wanting to. But I also wonder. It's like we haven't really encountered the war itself. We've countered occupation, and we've countered people. We've countered refugees. But we haven't actually seen a lot of scenes of the war being fought. Right. It's like they're all powering up in their own little home <laughs> stations right. and getting ready right. for something, but, but not actual action. But it seems action. like Bossing Say is not doing that as right. much. You know? So that that was interesting to me. Um, what will Jet look like when this is over? Because mm. he just went from a side character in episode... A one episode character who were like, oh, I wonder if he's going to come back to like, well, now he has this little runner with Iroh and Zuko to now it's like, I, I don't, I, I don't know what this programming will look like on him. Now, I mean, I would just watch Jet episodes at this point. I'm <laughs> yeah. like really on Jet's side now. Yeah. Um, because and even, even within this episode, it went from like, stop bugging Iroh and Zuko to like, oh no, I need to care for you. And yep. like, like what's going to happen to you? And so, yeah, he he just sort of, in the same way Toph just became a main character, like, I kind of feel like Jet's a main character now. And I, I can't imagine his arc just goes away, unless he dies, which could also happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, lastly, what is Zuko and Iroh's plan? <laughs> yeah. Other than, like, running a tea shop? It's hiding out. I mean, are they... Are they waiting around for some, like, White Lotus something to happen i don't know i mean they they got the they got into the city through the white lotus but like right. i don't know what the plan is is the plan still to try to find the avatar and it what what good would that do anyhow at this point i mean also though like zuko hasn't really had a plan for the full season truly right and 
I could see Iroh living happily in that tea shop for the rest of time. So exactly. Like- <laughs> so maybe that is the plan is like, we just need to, well, I mean, Iroh says the thing about life, right? Like you, like life is kind of, <laughs> life happens wherever you are, mm-hmm. right? So I don't know that Iroh is really worried about a plan, but Zuko seems like somebody who, uh, even if he doesn't have a well-defined plan, would like some direction. Yeah. And I don't know, I can't imagine Zuko being happy even if they have the mo even if they have a tea shop franchise dynasty, I can't imagine him enjoying that. I wonder if they're even just I mean, they have some understanding of what the Fire Nation wants to do, so waiting it out until the Fire Nation does come to Botsing Say. And are they even on the side of the Fire yeah. Nation at this point? <laughs> because the Fire it out. Nation's embodied by Azula. Yes. So yeah. I I mean, I loved this episode. I loved I the, know. the twists and turns that it took. Um I I th- I thought Bossing Say was going to be one thing. It turned out to be something much worse, which makes it much better. Right. And I I loved it. Um, Annie, that is all the time that we have for this episode. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. You can go to avatarwithacademics.wordpress.com to find all of our episodes to interact with the show. You can email us at channel 3900 at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you'd like to be on the show, we'd love to interview you to talk about your experience with uh avatar the last airbender to your experience with finally making it to bossing say with mm-hmm. this this you know we're on the the back sort of quarter now of of season two and i from everything i've told it only gets better from here uh in terms of this season like i'm as excited as i was as to round out towards the end of season one, it's nothing like this. Like this is, <laughs> there is so much more going on now than season one. It'll be interesting. I want to go back and watch season one at some point to feel like, oh, does this feel really slow when you realize what season two feels like? Like I'm, I'm actually really curious. To, oh man, to go do that. I know in our private conversations, I'd be like, oh, just wait till season two when we were like right. halfway through season one, right? And you were really enjoying it, but I was like, oh, just wait. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so no, here we are. It's such a it's such a rich text at this point. Um, so that is all the time we have. We will be back next week with Book to Earth, Chapter Fifteen, Tales of Bossing Say. Se.